Hello everyone, welcome back to the second episode of the Formula Friends podcast. We're back with Denisa, Sarah and Joyce. Also, in the second part of our podcast, we usually like to cover F1's bigger issues, but this week we're back with a little special episode because we actually went to the exclusive Spa Thursday event and we thought with that very serious issue last week that this week we go a little bit more lighthearted and talk about the whole fan experience at Spa. So yeah, Spa, let's kick it off with the race. It was the first race after the summer break. The Red Bulls are absolutely flying. Max is in the best shape we've seen him so far. Red Bull made us believe there's absolutely no doubt in no. them having all it takes to comfortably win the championship and maybe even be ahead for the next couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah so Max was definitely performing from start to finish. Really congrats Red Bull on that show of dominance. I mean, yeah. the car was ahead of everybody else's, but also performance-wise, that was remarkable. Let's move on then from Red Bull to Mercedes, who didn't have that much of a great no. weekend. They actually <laughs> wanted to close the gap, which they absolutely they didn't. Announced. They announced they were closing the gap, which they failed to do. Me personally, I'm sad about that. I feel like a lot of people are not, but yeah, that's where they stand at the moment also. Lewis crashed with Alonso in lap one and had to retire. Also Alonso's comments. Oh yeah, fairly enough, you must say the crash itself was mm -hmm. Lewis's fault. Uh, however, Alonso saying on his radio message that he only knows how to drive and start from first. Also the statement was very, very personal. Like, you know he wouldn't say this comment about any other of the 20 drivers. Yes, yeah, I, yes. I mean, I get it that you're upset in this situation because sports is emotional, but it felt unnecessarily personal personal I would say unnecessarily long as well like it was a whole statement he kept going <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he kept going no I think I mean I think Alonso knows himself that that is not true what he said yeah I mean uh, I, yes. I would say he I must, mean I feel a bit unprofessional it. but like Lewis said yeah it was adrenaline he was in midways and so he yeah. just brushed it off I mean what else should he do it's very nice that Lewis can take the high road I am not um, I am not as morally nice. I'm really kind of peeved about it. And I think the comment was unnecessary. And Alonso is absolutely not my favorite driver. Everybody in the comments can call me a bitter Lewis fan. I am bitter right now about that comment. Yeah. But Joyce, honest opinion. Do you think Alonso should retire? No comment. No comment. But that is for personal reasons only and not for sporting reasons. Exactly. That's the problem. Like it feels so condescending to hate him with a passion but also having to acknowledge that he still performs on a very high yeah. level. Yeah. Before we move on we must speak about one last factor, Ferrari. Again oh, yeah. losing out big. It's just same shit, different weekend. Yeah, yeah, really, it yes, is. it is, it is. You're so right. It started off with them putting on wrong tires in, in, the, queue, qualifying. in the qualifying. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, the race hasn't even started and you're, you're messing up strategy. Sorry, what happened there? No, but regarding Ferrari, what I found absolutely hilarious was how careful they were with their strategy calls during the race. Like, they, yeah. they kept asking Charles over and over again, if I was how, Charles, how do I you feel so about pissed. this? How, how do you feel about this? Question? Question? I would be so annoyed. Are you hungry? If, Question? <laughs> if, if I was driving that car and concentrating and trying to find some pace in that car and fight with maybe George Russell, which he didn't manage in the end, and they they would come at me like, oh yeah, um, Charles, what do you think about the tires? I mean, yeah. we have hard, mediums, and soft. <laughs> yeah. Which which have would you prefer? And he also, he, at that point, he's already told them that the degradation is insane. But the thing is, like Ferrari's strategy is a very delicate theme right now so and I think they do not want to mess up anything at all for for, for Charles but I, I mean feel they, like, they, I'm they, sorry they, 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 they're still their job it's no. their job it though. is it is 
Pick the tires. Yes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the strategists actually ask, yeah, what what do you prefer? I mean, they yes, because do I do it. get a, a good feeling of the car. Like, yeah, the but I think do. the way they did but it, it was like they were asking Charles to do the strategy for them. In my head, I was thinking about Binotto before the summer break saying, we have some issues, but strategy isn't one in particular. I, I hate to like break it to you, honey, but you do. Yeah, no, I think he's trying to save face, obviously. Yeah, of course. It was a combination of factors that weren't necessarily Ferrari's fault and factors that weren't Ferrari's fault. And they lost big time today as well. Yes, so that's what we take away from the Belgian Grand Prix itself. But there was lots of drama beforehand. The Alpine and McLaren saga continues. And it's, yeah, we can't say anything definitely because there's only tomorrow Alpine and McLaren will go to arbitration court. So tomorrow we will see. Yeah, so Otmar actually says that Oscar lacks integrity and basically criticized this whole move refusing his actual home team and going to McLaren. And then Zach Brown defended Oscar, saying that there's no credibility of Otmar with everything going on. And oh no, I it's actually he said uh, that Otmar lacks credibility because of what happened in 2020 with the pink Mercedes. And then Otmar responded saying uh, he doesn't understand what uh, Zach Brown is going on about because that has nothing to do with credibility at all what happened in 2020 they were just like surprised by Oscar's <laughs> move because apparently they only learned about it from the social media rejection that Oscar posted so yeah can I just say I absolutely loved your comment earlier on that there's so much stuff going on so much drama so much shade being thrown left right and center and neither Christian nor Toto Wolf have anything to do with that yeah I that's the first that's the first how has this happened they're just laying back and saying like let the kids fight oh no Toto Toto still has to cope with the fact that he was wrong about coming back stronger after the summer break but yes yeah, let's stay with McLaren and Alpine or specifically McLaren because not only the team principals have been throwing shade also the drivers have been throwing shade especially Lando Norris <laughs> who said he has absolutely no sympathy for Daniel Ricciardo because there should be no sympathy yeah. if an athlete just performs badly he said something similar last season when Daniel wasn't performing at all yeah yeah he said it yeah. in the beginning I, I remember he said he doesn't feel bad for him no. I really I must say I get it it is true in a sense because if you're an athlete and you don't perform that's that's life that's basically that it's your job to perform as an athlete but I feel like the comment was just very unnecessary coming mm. from him as his teammate so I don't really understand why he had to publicly say that even though there is obvi obviously some truth to it I get where he's coming from but I don't get yeah, why it's just causing unnecessary yeah. drama yeah, within was the just, team was, and also it it's on the top and of everything that's already and also they still on. have to race for, for the second half of the season so yeah, that's they what still I'm have thinking. a lot of races exactly. left and they're like in the not, not in the same position because obviously Norris has been performing on a much higher level than Daniel and he did get a major contract extension but they're the two drivers of course that you have the inner team rivalry but that's what happens inside the team like to the outside you want to be the united front and i already oh. sensed something wasn't really working between the two once the beyond the grid interview with lando came out a couple of weeks ago where he also was saying that he was so much closer on a personal level with Car uh, with carlos which is completely fine like mm. no one needs daniel and lando to be besties but the way he spoke about it him explaining they have no similar interests and that they're very different personalities it didn't seem like there's a perfect harmony inside the team yeah. yeah i mean i get that i get that but then again as far as i can tell daniel ricardo has never done anything to lando norris i feel like 
he's going with that comment he went out of his way to take a dig at him because daniel was already fired what did it do to, yeah, for yeah. him to say that what did he accomplish by saying that and i think it's also I, i'm not gonna say karma's gonna get him but you know how fast racing changes and it he can easily be in that same position very soon And I feel there's no need to kick a man down because Daniel yeah, was already fired. And also, it was insanely unprofessional from him, but exactly what you said. He also saw that McLaren isn't afraid to terminate a contract early if a driver doesn't perform. So yes, Lando does have a major extension, but he doesn't necessarily have to drive with them all the way until 2026. Yeah, yeah it's. I mean, I feel like I thought it was very nice, though, what Sebastian Vettel said. Again, we're coming back to him finding all the right words that he thinks that was just also up to McLaren to extract that potential from Daniel Ricciardo, who is a great driver, according to Sebastian Vettel. And I think in that regard, Sebastian Vettel has a lot more credibility than Lando Norris has as a four-time world champion. But yeah, it's opinions of opinions. A lot of people didn't have a lot of nice things to say about each other, except for Esteban Ocon, who wants Mick Schumacher as his bestie to come to Alpine, which I thought was so funny because it reminds me of like school when you wanted yeah. to have like a group project, group project yeah, yeah. with your best friend. And he's like, he's just like, oh yeah, my, I mean, I'm not involved in the drama, but I want my best friend yeah. to come because it would be so much fun. And the teacher already knows that it's not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I actually would love to see it. I think me that too, would be. I, I think that would actually be great. I don't. I don't know if it's gonna happen because I'm not sure if Alpine uh, is ready to take the risk of Mick Schumacher. I actually think he's going to stay with Haas. I don't see him um, because there's a lot of rumors. Yes, and obviously Günther Steiner has been lobbying everywhere as well. But that's just what you do. Mm. And I think at this point it would make the most sense to extend with him for another year because another big topic, Audi entering F1. And if they're interested to have a German driver in their team as a German manufacturer, they will then, be interested yes, in that. Then yeah. obviously every, yes, every German team has to think about Mick Schumacher because he's such a big name and it would bring a lot of fans to the sport. Like me personally, I do not understand at all why people are so attached to nationality regarding the drivers yeah. because there's only 20. A lot of countries don't have a driver driving for their nationality. I mean, in other sports, like especially team sports that have like where the, yeah, where the whole team is from one nationality, I kind of get it. Mm -hmm. But in Formula One, I do not get it at all why people would just support. I mean, there's no Nigerian driver. There's just German drivers. Obviously, I love Sebastian Vettel and Mick Schumacher, but not because they're German. <laughs> and then you're half British. You're not supporting Lewis Hamilton and Lando Norris because they're British you just True. you just think they're great drivers and then again also with the teams the teams are not necessarily the same nationality mm. as the driver is also the people working in the team I don't I, I mean I personally don't get it but for a manufacturer it's also it's always... a very weird question because whenever I talk about F1 with, with people who are not supporting F1 they're like oh so you I mean you're German so you support Sebastian Vettel right and I'm, I'm like no I mean I'm like yeah because it's but great I, 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 I like yeah. him yes and then they're like oh so it's mixed Schumacher and I'm like no it's not <laughs> yes I, I think it's especially with the countries or the nationalities that have been represented since the beginning and mm. are just very likely to be represented because the sport is already very big in those countries I think a lot of these people they support by nationality which is namely Germany the UK and Italy, Italy. 
Yeah. Yes, maybe Spain as well because Fernando Alonso has been around quite a while and now they have Carlos. Yeah, yeah, but, but also with the Netherlands, the I think it's different because uh, Max is like the first. Yeah, thing. exactly. There's a big difference between countries that have multiple drivers uh, yeah. who they can support and like choose from because for example in Spain there's both Carlos and Fernando the Great Britain has such a high amount of drivers they always so, have so they, 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 ho- mm. they have always more than I mean, one it's yeah, Lu- I mean Lu- yes I mean yeah. Lewis has been there around but then Lando Norris no, George Russell Jensen before that yeah. David Coulthard's also yes. British right yeah. yes yeah. and then, then Damon Hill also, so like many. there's always multiple British drivers, but then there's the other countries like the Netherlands where you only have Fact. this one driver that you can yes. support. I would be insanely interested to see how much support from the Netherlands Nick de Vries would get if we got a ch- uh, seat in F1. I don't think Not a lot. Exactly. But it's because he, but I think it's at this point it's because he's associated with, with Mercedes. Mercedes. Mm, he's yeah. very like he's very much associated with Mercedes and Max is just now the embodiment of yeah. the Dutch yeah. fan or the Dutch Formula One community, which is not necessarily, which is not a bad thing at all, but it's just, it's, it's just, just the way, the way it is. is. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh just God. the way it is. But let's talk, uh, let's go back a bit and talk about Audi because I think it's quite interesting. They're now the, the se- officially the second German manufacturer because Porsche is coming in as well, but they're going with Red Bull. They announced they're coming in, but then Audi, they're basically gonna take over the Alfa Romeo team. Not as an 11th team, as people suspected, but they're just gonna take over a team. And I think it's so funny that it didn't even take them five minutes to (laughs) shoot shots at Mercedes when coming in. What did they say exactly? Because I didn't really quite follow. Uh, I think uh, they said especially that they will be the first manufacturers to actually like come in to f1 to have german motors you're already picking out your rival and you're not in the sport yet they're gonna have to steal the german the german see again the german yeah. fan base from mercedes mm. they have to steal, like they have to take some of that um, to be very successful which is also why i think for them especially a german driver is more important than it might be to mercedes because they already are there but you, you're gonna win a lot of fans as a team also if you have Mick Schumacher driving yes. for you. A lot of sponsors as well. Yes, but what the CEO of Audi said in regard to Mercedes and the motors because Mercedes is actually building their motors in Brixton, UK. So yes, no German motors then, just a German name, I guess, a German team. Run by an Austrian, imagine. Run oh. by an Austrian. Can we believe it? <laughs> Shots fired. Can you believe it? No. Okay. So you guys, or you girls, <laughs> you've been to you've been to Spa on Thursday. Oh yes. yes. Why Thursday, have you been yeah. there? Why did you go? And and how? Oh, do you actually expect me to speak of that trauma? <laughs> yeah. The trauma that was Spa. Because when I mean I, I I know I know why you were there, but I think there are quite a few people who don't really know why you got the tickets in the first place. Because I saw some comments on on TikTok or so on Instagram saying so. Oh, how did you guys get the tickets? Because uh, I didn't see that where we could buy some. Yeah, you couldn't buy some. Obviously, first day is always media day. But this year's spa was a compensation for last year's rain-soaked <laughs> Grand Prix, where we spent way too many hours sitting in the wet, sitting in the mud. My phone fell into the mud. Never recovered <laughs> from that. Um, <laughs> Your shoes. My shoes. shoes. You had to oh, buy yeah. new shoes. I had to buy new shoes. <laughs> but then we got to see two laps behind the safety yeah. car. And I think we have to mention we sat in the rain for seven hours straight beforehand. We were we were just walking back to the car, which was miles away because we had to walk there as well. Then they said, no, there's going to be a race. 
three lap race. So we were just walking back and I let people into the grandstands and we were like, awesome, we are sitting in gold four or whatever. <laughs> we were like, yes. score! It's, it's and then there was those three laps. And then we what, were a like, really? <laughs> what a steal. No, that was, I, I, that, was a, that was a scam because they just did it so they ha didn't have to compensate the fans. Yeah. Because if there's a winner, then the race happened. And if the race happened, you do not have to give compensation to the fans that sat in the rain for seven hours getting a bladder infection. Yes. <laughs> like, like some of us did. Some of us did. Choice. <laughs> um, so yes, after that disaster happened, they promised us we'd get access to an exclusive Thursday event, which I didn't think would ever happen. And also F1 TV access that doesn't work in Germany. <laughs> so yes, that was, that was just great. That was awesome. But then uh, two weeks ago, we actually learned that the Thursday event would take place. And we said we have to go. Support. What did I have in store for you? The event itself, once we got there, was actually quite cool. I have a couple of personal highlights. Pretty much my biggest highlight was uh, the parade of the old historical cars, which is not something you can see quite often. Like, you can see the cars in museums, but to see those cars driving okay. around the track was mm. great. And also, there's been a lot of talk in the past years about the motors losing their unique sound. And one thing that I found really beautiful is that among others there was one of the cars from the let's say Sebastian Vettel era which were cars that I find personally extremely hideous but <laughs> every time that car drove by the sound of the motor gave me actual chills and that was an insane experience that I will cherish for a long time I'm gonna be very honest with you I didn't care that much about the historical cars I cared a lot <laughs> what did you care about then? I cared a lot about the pit lane walk I cared a lot about the pit lane walk I was so excited excited for it all day it took place at 5 30 so we had to wait all day because this event started at 10 a.m and then we actually climbed through the holes in the fence really? I, yes i wore i wore a mini skirt and it was it was <laughs> always dressing perfectly for the, for the occasion <laughs> yes it was a challenge to get myself over there i managed i managed with some help from denisa we got in and uh We walked to the Haas garage where we saw Mick, which was really cool. We met the uh, German Sky interviewer. Yes. Yeah. And, and also, we, because it was a first day evening, it was right before Friday's practice, we could already see the mechanics assembling the cars and Ferrari were doing their practice pit stops, which is also very cool to see. Because we were standing so close, the sound of that was insane. Like, every yes. time they started changing the tires, I got the scared tire every guns, single the time. The tire guns are so loud in person. Yeah. I didn't think they would be that loud. They were so loud hmm. did you also see any other drivers or yes we, no we saw it was actually quite funny because this is when we walked from the parking spot to the race mm -hmm. we were just walking on the regular street and trying to figure out how to get to the entrance when a professional biker was coming at us but us drove by us in his full-on biking gear <laughs> then on the way back to the parking lot uh, kevin drove past us on his moped he wasn't wearing a helmet though <gasps> he wasn't oh, wearing no. a helmet yeah yes. so I mean, irresponsible <laughs> it was kevin just, come I mean, on. It was just the best. There are kids involved. <laughs> 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 
people. It was just a Vespa, but yeah. And now throughout the day, we saw quite a lot of the drivers because they were just walking around. So mm-hmm. yes, we had Valtteri and then we had Kevin. We saw Lando Norris going down from turn one with a lot of speed since he had to go back up again through Eau Rouge. Much smarter, smarter than, than Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> just trying to act cool after he realized he no, can't I'm, I'm going to say up. it was Ricardo, like he is, was a man of the people and waved at everybody, which is why he was yes. going slow <laughs> into true. Eau Rouge. And then he had to drive all the way up, which he didn't manage. I must <laughs> say he had to stop, but it is quite a steep drive. Who also managed it up, even though he was also waving at people, was Esteban Ocon. Oh, right. Not Yes, not all of his companions made it up, but he did. <laughs> we also had Mick going on his scooter and... Alex Albin going on a scooter. Both of the scooters didn't make it up. (laughs) They had to. They had an engine, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. They were were e-scooters. Yeah, that was me. Oh, and then obviously there was the event in the fan zone Mm. where George and Lewis came. It it was really nice because it was was only the two of them. No other drivers. No. no, Then there was. Yeah, there was the four guys. But it was the Mercedes drivers were coming. Um, that was quite nice. Uh, They got our hopes up so high with Lewis saying. We're here to cause chaos. We're coming after them. I'm still traumatized. Like last year, I was traumatized because of the rain. And now I am because of the difference between what was announced and the performance of Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But also a very nice thing he said was speaking to the fans about mutual respect, about it being a sport, being a community. But I also thought it was quite nice because he also said like he himself, he respected all the fans and he's happy to see everybody here. And it was just like a very nice atmosphere. Also, I I think for me as a fan, it was a nice experience because there were a lot of Dutch fans there they were like super nice everybody was nice to each other like there was absolutely I mean I don't remember seeing any animosity between the fans then a Ferrari came along both the drivers Mm -hmm. they were talking about their summer breaks everybody Um, had the same question but what I found interesting about what the Ferrari said is that first obviously Charles can't say that he's lost the championship of course he was optimistic about his chances on winning Mm. sure but then Carlos was asked about his role in helping Charles secure the championship and like we always talk about the problem of Ferrari that there's not very clear inside the team who's the number one and number two driver and what Carlos said was that he's very much focused on his own racing on getting the maximum performance which led me to believe that they still haven't figured that one problem out yeah I mean I feel like there's no need to figure it out anymore because (laughs) um, the championship to either of them is lost and then also after these two made their appearance there was Stoffel van Doren Mm -hmm. the newly crowned Formula E champion uh, Which had, he had quite a fan club. Yes, the there, was, really, yes. Yeah, there was there were people like shouting was, his like, name. Was, and nobody was shouting like that for George and Lewis or, <laughs> or for Carlos and Charles. You didn't even shout for Lewis. I just I can't bring I just can't bring myself to no, it's fine. scream I when I see you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very yes. sorry. I was screaming when you crashed. <laughs> oh, I was, let me tell you, she, she did. <laughs> That was nice, uh, but it was just very short interviews. I mean, I was happy to see them. And I saw you. You met Arthur Leclerc. Like, yeah, I met is like met, met is yeah, like yeah, he, too much sad. Yeah, like, he signed an autograph. Oh, okay. But also, I felt yeah. quite sorry for him because after he got like two questions, the interviewer 
started asking him all about Charles and I saw Arthur getting a little I wouldn't say like uncomfortable necessarily but you can see that it's quite a burden it's the same when we talk about Mick having this giant burden of having this massive name that he has to drive under okay. I think when your brother is Formula One championship contender well <laughs> well, was. well <laughs> the, no but it's hard because the interviewer started asking him all the questions about Charles which is obviously not something you want to focus on when you're focused on your own career mm. in the in the sport yeah. so I felt a little sorry for him actually I mean I, mean, I, I thought it. it was I thought it was really nice seeing Formula 2 Formula 3 drivers I mean some of them were maybe gonna see in Formula 1 in the upcoming years even though I think it's gonna be very very hard for any of them to come up right now because the way that I see it whenever I watch Formula 2 or Formula 3 there's not really anybody that is very much like a talent. Like, there's not that big talent in the academy. Like, I think they said it about Liam Lawson, who was driving the AlphaTauri for Pierre Gasly in FP1 this weekend, that he obviously, he's in the Red Bull Junior Academy, um, but still he's not handled as like that very big talent. They, they're gonna give him the opportunity if they need a driver, but I don't think that it's like they're gonna push for his entrance in F1 like super hard or anything. Mm, yeah. so. especially, especially like the Formula yeah. 3 championship currently between the person who was P1 and P5 in the standings, there's 10 points between them. So the whole championship is insanely super close. close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just think the way when I look at the Formula 2 grid, especially I don't know that much about Formula 3 at the moment. If I look at that grid, I don't think there is anybody that is like that super talent which yeah. needs to be in F1 right now. Mm -hmm. And also you already have so much young talent in F1 yeah. at the moment. But I think we're talking about silly season again. Okay. Do oh. you guys want to add something? To the event? Yeah. I Just think there's one more funny scam that we need to talk about. Oh, Coming from the, rain the from the seven-time world champion himself. himself. Yes, Lewis. Who right after Spa, obviously all of the drivers were outraged and talked about it in one way or another, but especially Lewis has been very vocal about How fans. much of a scam it was for the fans. <laughs> exactly. And there was a post uh, that was posted by uh, the L. L. Hamilton crew yeah. yes, uh, and reposted by Lewis Hamilton saying that for everyone who attended Spa and can prove it, that there is a special surprise. We haven't heard anything all year. Actually, a couple of months ago, I wrote a DM to <laughs> L. Hamilton crew being like, hey, I don't want to be rude, but uh, you promised us a special <laughs> surprise. Sorry, can I speak to the manager? <laughs> then when we were at Spa, I think it was at noon, we got an email from L. Hamilton crew saying Lewis is launching Plus 44 World, his new clothing like, and that ironically, we were getting a rain poncho. <laughs> I run that was Thank you, Lewis. Well played, Lewis. Well played. Yeah. You are a funny one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I don't want to sound ungrateful, but that rain poncho was 25 pounds, but the international shipping was actually 28. Um, Not even counting the import tax oh, that yes. we would have to pay because yeah. it's coming from Great Britain. Yeah. And the email was saying that we get the poncho for free, but we still have to pay for shipping ourselves. Yeah, shipping so and nice, taxes. Uh, it's the same nice idea of uh, F1 gifting us access to F1 TV without even taking into consideration that us Germans won't be able to access I think it's, F1 TV. I think it's not only Germany where F1 TV is, has no access. Like it's a lot of the European countries okay. because uh, Sky will have exclusive TV rights and then you won't, yeah. anywhere where Sky has exclusive TV rights there's not going to be F1 TV or you can just watch like highlights after but you definitely can't watch the races. Yeah, Louis, what can I say? Nice idea. 
I understand that you're a busy guy, but did you do the approvals? Like, at what point <laughs> did anyone who approved this think it was a good idea? Yeah. No, also that rain poncho can weigh that much. You could probably stuff it in an envelope yeah. you, if you wanted to. No, wait, I can promise you. In about a week, we will get like a message from Joyce saying, Guys, I paid for shipping. Yeah. <laughs> I have a proud out of, of a rain poncho, but ah, sorry. Just no, I, like, no I, was, I, was just, I was just about to tell you, I will buy that rain poncho. The big yellow plus 44 one then for everybody who doesn't know i'm moving to the netherlands i'm moving to amsterdam <laughs> i will walk around in my lewis ray poncho and agitate all the maxmen me too i'm going to make so many new friends i'm just seeing it it's it's gonna be a whole thing overall our thoughts on the first day event of spa so uh, I thought it was really nice because it wasn't as busy. There weren't a lot of people there. So you had really time to see all the fan zone activities without standing in line forever. Then also you could go on all the grandstand, which was also really nice. I thought it was also nice to see the drivers, but the let's say the interviews were very short and I, obviously it was cool to see, but you could also see it on TV. So okay. you didn't miss that much, but my favorite part was the pit lane walk mm. and then the track walk because that was, that was really cool. Something you don't normally get to see that much. For me, when it comes to spa, after last year, I told you guys, I'm not going back to spa even if they paid me for it. <laughs> I was so, I wouldn't say devastated, but I was so generally unhappy with the track because I think when you watch it on TV, it is obviously a great track, but because it's in the middle of the forest, because it's in the middle of nowhere, it's not necessarily very good overall experience. And then enter eight hours of rain and being completely soaked and having everything that you took with you to the track ruined. Honestly, I thought you won't catch me dead in Spa. And this was a very nice way of seeing Spa in a nice light. Yes. As you said, walking in the pit lane and actually seeing them assembling the cars and practicing the pit stops yeah. and seeing all of those old cars, hearing all of those old cars yeah. driving around. It was a memorable experience. Yes. I would have loved to, to see it as well because I was obviously um, traveling. Yeah, like, sadly, sadly, sadly Sarah wasn't with us this yeah. time. No, but actually to add on that on a last note, actually I will say to you, if you are going to any race on general admission, I must say Spa is not the one to go to. No. Because it's just so huge just because they have They have a forest in the middle of it and you can't see and, and also there's like people sitting inside the forest and watching the race yeah from it's there, it's, like it's really it's really hard to see very well they have do not have a lot of screens and so yes if you get general admission i would not recommend spa okay that's that's it for it today, for today. Yes. yeah thanks yeah. for listening if you're still here with us thank you until next time until next time bye